0: Bluff City Media presents the Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane.
1: Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Anthony Sane Show. This is, of course, your host, Anthony Sane, here live from the Bluff City Media Studios. My man, Kenny Stubblefield across the glass. Kenny, what's going on, bro? I'm back, baby. Man, back in this joint, man. I'm glad to see myself in (laughs) in full screen here. Let's go. (laughs) My my man, Paris Sharky, had me looking like... uh, a peeping Tom shot or something? I don't know what he had going on. <laughs>
0: Listen, man, it's a, in the studio, it's a lot going on, man. Yeah, I know. Parrish killed Parish it, Parish though. Parrish is doing
1: a great job, for, for real. I love Parrish. I saw the shot wasn't right. I didn't want to bother him about it because I didn't want to throw something that he may, not have, may or may not have known about how to deal with, it. and then he's stressing out about that. So I just let it roll. Man. It's all good, man. I said we're just going to let it roll. But hey, I'm back, man. Honestly, dude, hey, after hey, hearing hey, hey,
0: him, 4K. after hearing y'all talk, I thought he was about to come for my job, bro. Man, I was hard, like, you know, hold brother, up. Hey,
1: your brother will come for you, man.
0: I was sure. like, hold up, man. I got to get back in here so I can get my job back, man. Yeah, man,
1: for sure. Shout I appreciate out to Paris
0: for sticking yeah, in. Yeah, shout out it. to my
1: boy Paris yep. Sharkin, for sure, man. Got a great show coming up today. Uh, my man Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphis will be joining me for the sit-down with saying. Excited about that. Uh, got some stuff to talk about in the three-pointer. Yeah. Um, my boy Richard Sherman out here talking crazy. Christian Wood, you know, going to the Lakers. We'll talk about that. Big pickup. We'll talk about that for I mean, sure. big pickup, but come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, 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 my boy Caleb Williams. yeah, and Another another black daddy involved out here just, you know, saying and doing wild shit. I'm down with it, though. Hey. I'm down with Caleb Williams for sure. Leverage, baby. And I also want to talk about uh, some Derrick Rose comments that I did not uh, get to talk about last week. So, but I want to make sure we talk about it today.
0: Some full circle comments, yeah,
1: oh, for sure, man. It got me a little emotional now and on one day, for sure. We'll talk about those three things. Uh, the NFL starts tonight, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions play. I want to talk about how you guys are going to watch the game and in, in, in all games this season, uh, as far as that's concerned for inside the same brain. And, uh, but since the last time we talked, uh, the main thing on my mind right now is FIBA basketball. <clears throat> United States won their last game, um, and now they're preparing for the the uh, the final four, the final four games, uh, final four teams left in the FIBA tournament are um, getting ready to square off tomorrow morning. Well, by the time you watch the show today, you'll know what already happened. Today's show airs at twelve. We're recording this on Thursday, so you guys will know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna play back to the future. I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna predict the future. I'm gonna talk about this game as if it's already happened. Uh, Team USA triumphant. Over Germany today. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I'm assuming that's what's gonna happen. <clears throat> Germany gave us a hell of a game. They were down big in the first half. It <clears throat> seems like the United States just said, all right, let's stop playing. Turned it up, Jaron Jackson stopped them from scoring. You guys remember that that's game. That was a Tyrese Halliburton game. Yeah, it was Tyrese Halliburton. Uh <clears throat> you're a guy, Tyrese Halliburton. Your, your guy, Tyrese. <clears throat> yeah, a little Steve Urkel looking dude. But uh um, The plant. Yeah, the, the, the media playing himself, Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> this might be the show I tell y'all why I don't like Tyrese. It I might
0: mean. be time, because it's almost over, right? Like, yeah. we're almost done, so we might need to hear what's going on.
1: No, let, let the man get his medal first. Okay, let's and, get it. Uh, yeah.
0: Maybe when we do a debrief of the World Cup, we can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, we can talk about <laughs> okay. yeah. the
1: issues I have with, not particularly with him, nah. but the machine behind him. The machine. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Uh, United States is getting, uh, getting ready to play Germany tomorrow, or you or had to win today, depending on when you guys are watching. Um, and uh, Serbia will take on the uh, Canadian squad. Um, I have an analogy. I'm going to put this tweet out in the morning probably. <clears throat> yeah, once I know what happens. Yeah, once I know what happens, this is a tweet I'm going to put out. I hope nobody steals my tweet idea cuz I think it's a pretty dope tweet. I'm going to put up an analogy. I'm going to say Memphis is to Nashville as USA is to Canada. <laughs> I think that's a pretty perfect analogy too. But yeah, I'm I'm so ready for what looks to be a USA versus Canada finals and I hope I really hope that Canada doesn't drop the ball. I don't think we will, and I hope that Canada doesn't. I really wanna play them. I really wanna see. Uh, I'm, gonna t- I'm gonna age myself, Kenny Stubblefield. Uh, Shay Gilges Alexander plays for Canada, also Oklahoma City star. Because I grew up in the 90s, before I grew up as a teenager in the uh, 90s, whatever, I wanna call him Shy Gilges Alexander right? because, because of the R&B group no, shot. Yeah, it was yeah. produced, uh, spelled the same way. I call him Shy Gilges. It's clearly Shay, but I say Shy because of the group shot. Uh, I want to see him. I want to see uh, R.J. Barrett, and I want to see Dylan Brooks, of course. I'm excited to see Dylan Brooks. I have a there. question for you. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you notice that the uh, broadcasting team for the last Canada game,
1: <clears throat> they mentioned you? They mentioned me? Or at least your your nickname. For Dylan, you me? Dylan the villain. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. I, man, you know what? If I had any sense back then – right. I would have trademarked it. You would have trademarked like, it. People think I'm lying. Like, I literally was saying that way before anybody was. It's on Twitter. Like, I was, like, Dylan's rookie year, I was calling him Dylan the Villain. Like, right. it's nuts that I didn't. And that was when he
0: was the the trying to be not the villain. Dylan yeah. the, what was his first nickname? You, uh, we oh, talked about this on uh, Twitter. He,
1: he, they were calling him, Pete Pranica was saying Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly, yes. And and uh, somebody else was calling, he called himself Dillionaire or something like that. Dillion, Dillion, it's, it's Dillionaire. It's
0: not bad. Anyway. Yeah. Dylan the Villain is.
1: Iconic, man. Iconic. And 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 here's the thing about Dylan. Um, there are so many aspects of Dylan's game that drive you crazy. A lot of it, you know what I mean. But I'm going to flat out miss his God. moxie. The uh, guy had moxie. Like he was a big moment guy. He was he yeah. was never afraid of a big moment. I'm going to miss the fact that he you. There was never a game where I felt like Dylan was bullshit. There was never a game that I thought Dylan was like not giving the maximum effort or not trying to win the game. That's it for me, right? No matter mm-hmm.
0: game fifty-seven, mm-hmm. he's going hard. He's going hard yeah, every he's time. To win every he's on game, there.
1: yeah. I, 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 I'll give him credit for that. And he was the uh, he was one, he is one of the most entertaining players in the NBA. All the nonsense, yep. The weirdness of his shot, the the way that he'll take his shot in any <laughs> situation, like he don't care. Those that that's entertaining. The the shitty talks. Having boxing gloves on, <laughs> waiting uh, for his
0: team. Freaking hilarious!
1: <laughs> oh man, and you know he's gonna—I don't know—he's one million percent gonna like probably get thrown out of this game trying to get under Anthony Edwards' skin. Like you—you you know he's—he's he, he's gonna pull out the wildest shit you probably ever seen him do in t- this game.
0: Tell me to make you more excited about when he comes back to Memphis. Oh, I can't wait against the Grizzlies. And oh I hope
1: Jaws back for sure. I'm I'm. Um, I'm sure that's going to be super dope to see him go against Ja or Bain or Jaren. See, that's what pisses me off about
0: this right now, though. Especially if the if you the USA and Canada teams mm-hmm. actually make it to the finals, I am so sick and tired of hearing about this. Who who would you take? SGA or Ja? Ja should be on this, this team. team. Yeah. Could you imagine a Maybe. World Cup finals with Ja yeah. and SGA?
1: Mm-hmm. Ja and Jaren against SGA and Dylan would be <sighs> so freaking good. Man, that would be exciting for sure. But you know, Dylan's going to be on his wildest shit. His worst behavior for sure. Shout out to Drake. Look at that, a Canadian, just alley oop out
0: you're there. A, you're a man of the uh, you're a you're a uh, what's the word, a renaissance man. Yeah, man. man. Worst behavior
1: everything. also made the video shot in Memphis. Come on, man, don't play with. Me. Come on, man. But yeah, I'm looking forward to all that. You know, Dylan's gonna be on some, his real effery for sure. Um, in that game. Shout out to Dylan wearing the Jaws. He's actually wearing the same Jaws I have on my feet on the That's court. That's what's up. Yeah. So shout out to uh, Dylan. Um, Who
0: shoots better in him? You or Dylan Brooks? <laughs> Probably
1: me. Well, he he's shooting that mug in, in the. Uh, bro, in the FIBA though. He sure. had one game, bro. <laughs> he he did the know. same thing. He's like ten of eighteen ah, in on. the whole tournament. Listen,
0: I love Andrew Dylan. Going to cook his ass later, man. I love Dylan, but come on, man. This dude does this. He has a game, and everybody's like, mm-hmm. everybody's like, come on, man. Like he's look at what Dylan can do. Yeah, and then it's just nonsense after that.
1: And and is going to cook him though for sure.
0: Oh, and it's going to go. N- ham on it. I love it. I can't <laughs> but they're going
1: to get into it. Like he's going to say something dumb or do something dumb to get Ant, like riled up and it's going to. We're get... going to see
0: some Bobby Portis minutes in that game right. and Bobby's going to come in right. take him out.
1: But you talk about shit talking though. Like this is the same Anthony Elvis bro that was in that movie with, oh, yeah, with, with, with Bo the... Cruz like <laughs> getting his shit off for sure. So I think he'll be able to hold his own. As far as that's concerned. But um Anthony I really
0: slick had some real mm-hmm. subtle stuff in that movie, man. He was nasty yeah, in that movie. Yeah, he was Talking about the, the dude's daughter.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really looking forward to this for sure, man. Um, team USA versus Canada. Oh man. Let's get all this get all this shit talking out the way. Let's go ahead and get this done. Let's get let's get that FIBA championship for sure. Um, as far as James' is concerned. A lot of people are upset with him. I'm going to definitely talk about Chris Harrington about this. I think me and I think no one coddles Jaron Jackson more than me and Chris Harrington, man. Nobody unapologetically are legit fans of Jaron Jackson Jr. more right. than me and Chris Harrington in Memphis media for sure. Um, I'll talk to him about this. I think that like a lot of the perceptions of Jaron, people are kind of upset because of you know the foul trouble things like that. I think all things considered, Jaron has been great in this tournament. I know he's had the foul trouble, whatever. That have kept him out of games. But for him to be thrown into from being a guy who's a full-time power forward in the NBA, to be thrown out there against some of the better bigs in the world. Literally, excuse me. Some of the better bigs in the world. And to hold his own, man. He's had dominant stretches in this in this tournament, man. And um, um defensively. I am a little frustrated because it seems like Jaron is a guy who could be scoring the ball more. I don't know. I we literally saw Jaron have a phenomenal season, especially ending the season. Uh, just being dominant, scoring the ball, scoring in the post, scoring off the dribble—all those type of things—I would like to see Steve Kerr use him a little bit better than that. But when I call him a one-trick pony, yeah, I'm just saying I'm, he's never had a big man that he fed the ball to. He's never played that style of basketball. But I think that he could get some easy buckets from Jaren because I think he's shooting 80 percent, probably. You know, from yeah. from uh, inside the paint, having a tremendous scoring. Steve's uh, never had a big man like Jaren. Yeah, has he's he? never had one. Didn't didn't even know what to do with James Wiseman. I mean. Right. Right, you know, he, you know, it's weird, man. It's weird for sure, but um, yeah, I think everything will be fine. I think we're gearing up for USA uh, versus Team Canada uh, for the gold medal in the FIBA uh, World. Cup. It's, it's gonna it's, be a tough. It's game. a gold medal or just a trophy? Uh, gold medal. Yeah,
0: that's what's up. But yeah. It's gonna be a tough game. I mean, SGA is a phenomenal player. Yeah. Like, it's gonna be tough. Like,
1: who's gonna guard him? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun game in the finals. He's gonna be cooking, dudes, for sure, man. But yeah, we're about to take a break, man. When we come back. Like I said, my man Chris Harrington in the building, one of the most respected uh, voices for the Memphis Grizzlies. Also going to talk to him about some soul food stuff you know, with my man Chris. Got to talk about the soul food with him. That's what he does, man. One of the few guys I've sat down and had a a meeting two sides with, my man Chris Harrington. So we're going to chop that up in the sit down with Sane when we come back here on Anthony Sane Show. See you all in a minute.
0: Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student-athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student-athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in memphis receive support to become strong readers to donate today visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city this will now be the second or third year in a row that in the preseason we've talked about we've heard the coaches talk about this is rock taylor's year this is yeah. now this that and the third. this is the first game where i saw an an extended period of time where he was impacting the game on a very real level the question has never
2: been talent like this is a kid that was very highly rated coming out of high school was a four star at one point was a tennessee commit this could be the year that he puts it together and it's a year that memphis needs him to put it together because they need an intermediate guy. They need right. a guy that can play underneath. Like you said, you mentioned the speed of Demir Blankompsi and what he does as far as stretching the field and being a slot threat. Right. Uh, Towski Dub is a big player, but he's more of a, like a 50-50 ball down the field. Yeah. Go get it. Rock would be like your intermediate, middle of the field, dig, slant, skinny post. Like that's the guy for that.
0: Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel.
3: Uh, for me, I want to see the offensive line slash the offense continue to run the ball. Like, I, I need to see continued progression. I would love back-to-back 100-yard rushers, and this time against the FBS school. would be great. Granted, you're talking about a team that just gave up over 600 yards of offense and 73 yeah, points. That, but That's going to get written off immediately. Um, I would like to see that continue. I'm there with you. Offensively taking care of the ball, please. Yep. Let's take care of it defensively i want to see us getting after jt and i want to see a couple forced more forced turnovers obviously we had the fumble recovery the other night but like give me a pick give me two picks saturday as well as they played i feel like that was the one piece that was maybe lacking defensively was creating takeaways
0: tune in to tigers untapped with tj willis and trey Lasley every wednesday at 3 p.m on the bluff city media youtube channel
1: All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. Told you guys I had a very special guest today. My man, Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphis is joining me. Chris, what's going on, man?
4: This is a fancier setup than your than your, your apartment on Jackson. when <laughs>
1: yeah. The first time we did that. Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, for those of you who didn't know, when I was doing the Outsiders podcast, Chris came over to my house when we were doing the Outsiders podcast. I, I, I ain't going to say I forgot about that, but I'm glad you brought that up for sure, man. Yeah. But yeah, but thank you for doing that, too, man. It made me feel legit. That was one of my... Uh, I had Chris, I had Chris Harrison, Gary Parish, and Peter Edmondson all came to my house, and we did the podcast. So shout out, shout out to you for sure. Gary man. came
4: to your place. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, Gary that, had that's like, a big drive. Yeah, for I know.
1: Right, <laughs> Gary was driving from from somewhere in uh, somewhere Mississippi. in Mississippi. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, man. So uh, looking into the Grizzlies season, we're just, I'm basically going to talk Grizzlies with you today. Of course, you are, of course, probably one of the most respected. Uh, Grizzlies Voices in the city of Memphis, for sure. You've been that way for a long time. We're going to talk soul food, too. I know you're a soul food connoisseur. Basketball and food, man. Yeah, the, man. The two I, best
4: topics. There,
1: I, I was talk, telling the guys
4: earlier. There's some music in there. You got all, yeah, all, all my three favorites. We might can do that, too. We'll all do right. music, too,
1: yeah. So I was telling the guys before we came on that you're one of the few media members in the city I've actually sat down and ate a meal with, and we ate some, some Peggy's soul food uh, about a year or so ago. So we'll definitely talk about food, a little bit about music, and, of course, about the Grizzlies. Um guess we'll start with FIBA basketball, what we're saying. There's been a lot of mixed reviews about Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm not really stressing about it. I'm actually excited about what I'm seeing from Jaron because he's kind of getting thrown into the fire doing things that he typically does not do, not responsible for doing with the Grizzlies. It's been a mixed review as far as, the foul trouble and things like that. Right. Uh, where, are you, where do you
4: stand as far as what you're seeing? It's definitely been a mixed performance for him, mm-hmm. but I think it's he's played better than the box scores. Yeah. If you watch him play, mm-hmm. he has been better than his stat lines, his box score lines. And if you go and look, and this sometimes can be, be misleading, but in this case I don't think it is, if you look at like the plus minus for all the players mm-hmm. for Team USA throughout the tournament, the three best, I'm pretty sure, are Mikkel Bridges, Anthony Edwards, and Sharon Jackson and i think mm-hmm. that's an accurate reflection of like who have actually been the most effective right. players and who who is what players have impacted the team play the most mm-hmm. and has he has he has he fouled too much yeah especially right. first half against lithuania it was a big it was a real problem there mm-hmm. um has he not rebounded enough that's also true it's a team wide problem but he's a big part of the problem has he defended great Yes, right. He's also shooting like eighty percent inside the arc, and that's not all catch and dunk stuff. It's Mm -hmm. mostly like throw the ball to Jaron in the post and let him create a shot one on one. And I think if anything, they've done they've used that too little because Mm -hmm. he gets can he get out muscled by a Jonas or Nikola Vucevic? Sure, he's really a power forward like playing out of position, just like Josh Hart is on that Mm -hmm. team. But he's quicker than those guys, and to me, they should be going to him more and letting him like exploit them on the other end offensively. And so. I think, I think he has been a net positive performer for that team. He's been among their better players, even though if he's had some some problems in specific games. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you that, like, he's going to go back to playing power forward primarily for the Grizzlies right. as long as Steven Adams is healthy. But the great thing about Jaron is, like, the optionality. That you can play him with a big center or you can play him with, like, a stretch guy like Santi Dama, and you can maximize his strengths by playing him in different ways. And so... He'll be used differently by the Grizzlies than he's used by Steve Kerr in the FIBA tournament, but he's getting a lot of reps and having to do the big man stuff. He's having to sell a lot of screens, which is something he really mm-hmm. needs to get better at. He's getting a lot of practice on that. And I think this will be a good experience for him.
1: Yeah. Um, I've, I've had some criticisms of Steve Kerr, not just as yeah. far as Jan is concerned, but just how he's managed certain things. Like, why did you think bring Anthony, bringing Anthony Edwards off the bench was ever a good thing? You know what I mean? And, and Anthony yeah. Edwards had the comments about yeah, Co- yeah, Dwayne Wade came off the bench, but there ain't no Kobe's on this team. Like that, that was me. I was like, why, "Why are you bringing him off the bench?" Halliburton, he's great, but why are you doing it? I was, you know, that was my thing the whole time. What I what I'm going to ask you is, do you think I'm being just a Jaren fan, Homer? When I'm saying I don't think he's using Jaren well, you just pretty much answered it. But yeah, but, yeah, but I... Especially but, coming off the season, Jaron had offensively at the end of the season. You
4: and I may be in the same boat,
1: though. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I, when I,
4: when this, these topics come up on when I do radio every morning yeah. with Jeff Calkins. In my head, I think, man, I'm sounding like a real Jaron Homer right. saying this. But I believe it. I'm watching all these games. Right. Like I see that they are so much better with him on the floor. You mm-hmm. go to the game against Lithuania where he had the three fouls in the first half, which was a big problem. Mm-hmm. The reason it was a big problem was because they played even against them in the first half when he was on the floor, and they right. got run off when he was on the bench. Mm-hmm. And so... I, I think from the perspective of maximizing him in these games, yeah, I think they could do things differently. I, I, I think to the degree that they have a problem, and they're, they're probably going to win the tournament, right? right. But, but to the degree that they're having a problem, it's a problem more of coaching and roster construction yeah. to me than player performance. And when you look at them, how they got hammered on the boards against Lithuania— that's the team you put together. Right. Like you don't. Not only are you playing small, like across the board, you didn't. You don't have any good rebounders on the team except for Josh Hart, and he's a six-five guy playing power forward. Right. And you watch that first half. It's yeah, Jaron could have rebounded more, but more so, it was like Austin Reeves getting thrown around by mm-hmm. bigger guards, and and Tyrese Halliburton getting thrown around, and they just they put together a team that has these weaknesses, and they think that they're gonna. You know they're they're going right. to win anyway, and because of their strengths, and they probably are. But they but they did put together a team that has these weaknesses.
1: We didn't expect uh, Santiago Dama to take the leap that he took last year. Um, yeah, and he's I don't think that Spain expected him to take the leap he took this year in international play as well. He he's coming off the bench. Yeah, and he's, he's he's not he's, he's not been,
4: the sixth best player on that team. Yeah, right? he's, he's got to really be better good. than
1: that. He's been really good. Um, how well do you think that translate is, translates into him taking possibly another leap this season?
4: It's interesting. I, I think he's got. I think he's got a higher upside than what he's shown. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only going to be in year threes, in his early twenties. Mm-hmm. He barely played as a rookie, um, and so I think if anything, he may benefit more from this than even Jaron does in right. terms of taking taking a step forward. I think he's got to get stronger. I think this is going to help his confidence. I think he's got to get stronger. He's got to get better defensively. You look. You watched in the playoffs, and like you know, that was a bad matchup, but he really struggled defensively against the Lakers. Mm-hmm. He also, he led the team in scoring in game six when they got run off the mm-hmm. floor. Like, he didn't lose his head, right? Right. So, I think he's got a lot of composure to, to his game. He's obviously got a lot of style to his game mm-hmm. a lot of confidence. And I think it's interesting to think about what he can be. Like, could could you look up and see him and Jaron as your primary combo in a couple of years as they both get stronger? Right. It's something the Grizzlies, you got to really think about.
1: Uh, also, Dylan Brooks, um, he's been playing for Canada. Just being, just rare form Dylan as far as the theatrics so far. I love Dylan. Gloves, I like love
4: Dylan, and I was much more of a Dylan fan than a lot of Grizzlies mm-hmm. people were. But it's funny to me to see people who, like, weren't paying attention to him, and they'll look up and he has one good game in FIBA for Canada, and they're like, <laughs> why'd the Grizzlies let this guy go? Right. It's complicated. Mm-hmm. But I like Dylan. I think Dylan, it was disappointing that Dylan couldn't quite get to his best self with the mm-hmm. Grizzlies. And it, I think they probably made the right decision to let him go, especially when you see the contract he got mm-hmm. from Houston. Um, but I liked him as a player. Uh, I respect him as a player. I I think he really is one of the best defenders in the league. And I think he's capable of being better offensively than he's been. Is he going to be that consistently? I don't know, but I, mm-hmm. I'm rooting for him.
1: Um, I've always thought that two things pretty really much skewed Dylan's behavior, like made him kind of see himself – like the wrong way. I think those things were playing on a team that was so bad as Ricky yeah. did, and being green light to do whatever he wants to do. Right. And also having guys who were coming in behind him who weren't that far behind him age wise or just career wise and being asked to step back when he was trying to carve his own path at the same time. I think those two things definitely affected him.
4: I think that's true. I think, I think those are good observations. I, I think what exacerbates that is the last couple seasons, they had these last two years to try to get him in the right spot in the pecking mm-hmm. order, and they didn't weren't totally able to do that. But part of that was the injuries they had; they weren't able to play their their pro, you know the starting five they want mm-hmm. together enough. And to me, this, I wrote about this some during the season last year. Did Dylan shoot too much? relative up to how well he shot. Yeah, but if you look at the games where he played with Ja and Desmond Bain, mm-hmm. his shot attempts go down. Right. And it, to me, he showed a willingness to play a lesser role when the better players right. were out there last season, mm-hmm. but they weren't able to get enough of it. And I think, you know, they didn't have enough time, enough games together to really get him in that fourth fourth option role that mm-hmm. he needed to be in. <laughs> That's a good point. And then it's just, you know, his personality is such that he just he – just, he he was too much in two two consecutive playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. You go back two years ago, the, the frustration foul against Gary Payton, right? You know that takes him out of a. Not only mm-hmm. that took Gary Payton out of the series, took Dylan out of the series, right. and then you go this year with you know with him poking the bear with LeBron, which I, the team really did not want him to do, mm-hmm. and then he doesn't back it up on the floor, and then there was so much drama we forget he got himself tossed out of a game in that series right. too with mm-hmm. the flagrant foul. Right. I just think the combination of not not being able to get him in the right spot in the pecking order mm-hmm. consistently and getting him to accept it consistently with just all the drama two years in a row in the playoffs, just mm-hmm. just got to be too much for them.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're going to be out – John's going to be out, you know, around 25 games or whatever uh, with his suspension. You know, the rest of the guys are going to start – more likely going to be Marcus Smart, um, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, Steven Adams. Everyone right. is talking about who that fifth guy is going to be. Are you going to play three yards? Do you throw one of your younger wings in? Our good friend Daniel Greer from Greer's 901, uh, yeah. one of our Bluff City Media shows, uh, he's stomping for John Conchar to start at, uh, <laughs> at Small Fort. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Luke Kennard. That's the one I'm pulling for. I think if, you, if you're if you going to go three guards when John comes back with Marcus Smart being your third guard, right? just do it now. Just go ahead and, and see how that works, especially when you have that level of shooting with Bain and Kennard. Where do you sit as far as that skill person?
4: I suspect, I strongly suspect that the team's own – sort of default scenario Mm -hmm. is canard that that if you just throw the ball out there today that's what they're going to do they're Mm -hmm. going to play canard at the three I wonder if if either, and I don't think it would be Roddy, but I wonder if either Zaire Williams or Jake Laravia is having a really strong preseason. Mm-hmm. If they're not tempted to reward one of those players with that starting spot, mm-hmm. you know, for the first twenty games, twenty-five games, whatever, until Ja gets back, I, mm-hmm. I think I think there, there's a way for for Jake Laravia or Zaire Williams to earn that spot. Yeah. But I think they would really have to earn it. And in the absence of that, I do think it's Luke. It's Luke Kennard.
1: Speaking of earning the spot, there is a uh, certain a uh, certain segment of the fan base, I say, that is kind of, kind of stomping for, not particularly stomping for, but rooting for to see what Josh Christopher is. I'm a proud member of that camp. Do you think that there's something he can do in the camp, uh, so, in, you know, to, to prove he should be here?
4: Not unless there's some kind of trade that mm-hmm. they don't, no one sees coming that cl- cl- clears up a roster spot. Mm-hmm. I, I do think so. They have Josh Christopher and they have Isaiah Todd, who yeah. both came in in these trades. Right. And it's this thing that happens a lot in the NBA, where you make a trade that's about something else, you have to take back mm-hmm. a player when you do it. Then we get excited about this. Yeah, stuff. yeah, it people get excited anything. about it. I do think that those two players aren't exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Like I would say, there's zero chance Isaiah Todd's yeah, on the roster. Yeah, I would not say there's zero chance in Josh Christopher. I think, I think if something happened that opened up ro- opened up a roster spot, mm-hmm. that I think maybe. I, I think he's a little bit more interesting, but I don't think they got 15 guys are above him under contract, they believe in all of them enough that they're not gonna they're not gonna make a spot for him. Mm. If something unexpected happened that would create a spot, then maybe. But in the absence of that, I don't think it's gonna happen. And to me the question is with Christopher and Todd, are they still gonna be on the roster when training camp opens? Or are <laughs> they gonna are they gonna get take care of that before yeah. before camp?
1: Um uh, Steven Adams has had the injury stuff that was going on or whatever. And uh combined with seeing Jaron look pretty good at center a lot. Yeah. Um, what does the Steven Adams starting center with Jaron Jackson and power forward combination look like? Do we see less of Steven Adams starting, not particularly starting, but playing a lot of minutes or does it look more like what we've seen for the past couple
4: of years? You know, Steven Adams is only average. I don't know what the number is. something mm. probably 26 minutes a game, 27. Yeah. He's not a guy who's going to play heavy minutes anyway. Mm. And so as long as he is healthy and the same player he's been the last two years, mm. I don't know if his role will change that much in terms of a starter in terms of total minutes, and it was already a situation where when it became closing time of tight games, mm-hmm. he, he may not be the guy, right? They tended to go to mm-hmm. Jaron at center more in that situation. So I don't think that's going to change that much as long as Steven Adams is healthy, but I think they need, they need to figure that. So they're in a weird place where they're trying to win now. Like mm-hmm. it's not rebuilding time anymore. Right. It's winning time. Right, right. But at the same time, they have decisions to make about a lot of players and you know, you look up a year from now and, and, Xavier Tillman's gonna be a, a free agent mm-hmm. and you're and you're headed toward trying to have making a contract decision on Santi Aldama and you're trying to figure out whether Kenneth kind of Lofton's really a player because they have mm-hmm. team options on him. Like right. his contract's not guaranteed after this year. Mm-hmm. I think part of what they have to do this year is figure out like and then you still Brandon Clark, you know, under contract right. when right. he comes back. I think, you know, they're gonna go into this season with 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 all those guys on the team. A year from now, they're not gonna have all those guys yeah. on the team. And so I think they need to figure out The great thing about Jaron is you can play with anybody. But they need to figure out, like, what does it look like with Jaron and Santi? What does it look look like with Jaron and Tillman Moore? What does Mm -hmm. it look like with Jaron and Kenneth Lofton, right? Right. They need to find their opportunities to look at all of that because they have decisions to make on those guys.
1: What does – what does a – disappointing season look like for Taylor Jenkins as a coach? He was coming in, him and John came into this together. So right. what does a disappointing year look like for him?
4: I mean, I think the Grizzlies as a whole, and maybe this this is more, yeah. I think this, uh, this applies to the entire organization, but it probably applies to Taylor Jenkins more than anybody. Right. It's now playoff time, not regular season time. Mm-hmm. And so th- this is a team that has, I'm pretty sure this is right. I think they've exceeded, you know, whatever the Vegas lines or the general expectations are. I think they've exceeded those projections in the regular season every year that he's been the coach. Mm-hmm. So doing that again would be great, but that's no longer the proving right. ground. It's the playoffs, right? And I don't want to set some artificial standard of you have to do this in the playoffs, you know. But I think you have to feel good about the playoff performance, not only of your players, but of your coach. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the proving ground for Taylor Jenkins is now the playoffs, not the regular season. He's proven himself in right. the regular season.
1: Yeah, we There's been a lot of talk about Marcus Smart as far as being a guy that can mentor John ja Morant. Yeah. Do you have any concerns That's about a big him? reason why he's there. Yeah. Do you have any concerns about him actually being able to be the
4: starting point guard on this team for twenty five games? Okay. I thought you asked me if I if I had concerns about him mentoring John ja Morant. <laughs> well you, you can go there too. It's two different questions, right? <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I think I think I'm a big fan of the Marcus Smart acquisition. Mm-hmm. I think there's reason to wonder about both of those questions. Right. I thought I found it notable that Ja the Jaw, like came out came out of hiding basically on social media to praise the Derrick Rose signing. I right. haven't seen him say anything about the Marcus no, Smart signing. He did. So I've, I have noted that. Um, I think Marcus Smart is a better player than Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. I think Marcus Smart absolutely will have more utility for them in the playoffs mm-hmm. than Tyus Jones, especially when when, when Jaw is back. Right will he be a better starting point guard in Jaws' absence than Tyus Jones was? Tyus Jones was a really good starting point Mm -hmm. guard in John Brandt's absence. And I think even though Marcus Smart's a better player, he's such a different kind of player than Tyus Mm -hmm. Jones. I don't assume that he'll step in as smoothly as Tyus Jones did Mm -hmm. and that they'll have as much success right out of the gate with Marcus Smart as a starting point guard as they did with Tyus Jones, Mm -hmm. right? Just because Tyus Jones, they were so used to playing with Tyus. Marcus Smart is such a different kind of player. And even right. though he's better, I don't know that the team will function as well immediately with him as starting point guard. I don't know. You um, What do you think?
1: Um, I, I think he'll be fine. I think with, with Rose being there too, it'll kind of help out even if he is kind of struggling to play the point. Right. We saw Bain kind of run some point. And I think you also said that over the years, not just, not just Tyus Jones minutes, but any non-job minutes, the team was still fine as far as numbers are concerned. So, yeah, you
4: know they did an interesting job the past two years because because like, yeah, Jai's going to miss twenty five games. Mm-hmm. He's been missing twenty five games every, every year, year for different yeah. reasons, mm-hmm. right? They've done they only if they everyone knows like they've done well with Tyus Jones is at the point mm-hmm. guard. But the key to their success with Jai out is they've done well when Tyus Jones is not the point guard right. without having a third point guard, <laughs> right? I, yeah. And I think one of the Kennedy things. Kenny
1: Chandler minutes look good.
4: <laughs> well, he didn't play that much. I mean, right. I, I, it was really these lineups and really two years ago. Mm-hmm. When they had Mountain and Kyle Kyle Anderson Anderson with Bain, Mm. you had multiple ball handlers. Mm. And the trick is, can they find other people other than Bain? But I think they really liked the look. They didn't get a lot of it. But what they saw, they really liked Bain and Kennard together. Mm. And I think they really want to take a look at that. So I would say don't assume, even the first 25 games in Jaws out, Mm. don't assume Derrick Rose is playing all those backup point guard minutes every night. I bet there may be some nights like back-to-backs and stuff where they don't use him. Yeah, I I'd kind of feel the same way on that for sure. Also got Sha- Shaq Harrison after five
1: years. Yeah, minutes. but I thought that was kind of intriguing though that they're that they're uh, adding him. And I know DeMichael Cole is like, you know, keep in mind that once the
4: Grizzlies hit that that threshold, that's, that that's what it is. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a done deal that mm-hmm. they're going to sign him to that open roster spot. Yeah. But I think the idea is, come to training camp, you're basically that's auditioning it. for that spot, mm-hmm. and if we like what we see. We'll say, hey, just yeah. go sit on your couch for five games, and we'll, and we'll we'll get back to you.
1: Yeah, I just think that's kind of interesting, being that you have Marcus Smart and you have Derrick Rose that you're bringing on another point guard like that. I well, mean, they, well,
4: they have the spot, and and again, I don't think it's a done deal. I think you mm-hmm. know if so, they have some other injury in training yeah, camp, and you suddenly you've see. needed yeah. another position, you may go a different mm-hmm. way with it. But I think, you know, you can never have enough ball handling. I, I think Sha- Harrison's a guy who can def- – he's sort of like a poor man's Marcus smart. Mm-hmm. Yep. That he's a defense-first player and he can defend multiple positions. So if you have a guy who can defend one, two, or the three, like, right. at a good li- that's a good guy just to have around. And again, I don't I, – I may be proven wrong about this, but I, yep. I'm a, I am skeptical of how much Derrick Rose is going to help on the floor. You, um, I think that's a locker room sign. That's a Udonis Haslam sign. Yeah,
1: there are me. people who totally disagree with you. There was a guy that was arguing with me like he's going to be get Kyle Lowry minutes. I'm like, no man, Kyle Lowry gets like thirty minutes a game. I don't right. think he's getting that at all. Um, I, I think Derrick Rose probably still has something left in the tank, but
4: I'm just open to see. I want to see. Oh, I, yeah, I really, we'll I'm really it. intrigued to see. He was really good two listening. years ago with the Knicks, right? right? And he, a, wasn't very good, and B didn't play much last season. Mm-hmm. And the mystery is, is that because he couldn't do it? Or is that because the Knicks went away from him for other reasons? Right. And that's what we don't know. Right.
1: Um, something else. I'm, I'm going to come back to the part about leadership as far as helping Derrick Rose and all those type of things about Marcus Smart. But um, I've been a big proponent of believing that he's a guy that can guard the best player on the other team, but he's a one to two or three. That's what I've been saying the entire Smart? time. Marcus Smart. That's yeah. the idea. Right. And everyone, uh, that's a, I'm sorry, not everyone. A lot of people are coming back saying, well, I hope you're right. Because if you're not right, you don't have a lot of options as far as who's your yeah. who's your guy to replace Dylan Brooks. Let's say it doesn't work. What does that look like? Like, how, what do you? What's your plan B as far as? Oh, I
4: think that's a problem.
1: Yeah. If, if it doesn't, that's work. that's a major problem. I, I know. Like yeah. You
4: know, and I, and when that trade happened, I, I got a, I got a text from one of my best friends who's who's a um he doesn't live in Boston anymore, but he's alive. Mm-hmm. he grew up in Boston. So Rabid Celtics fan, watches every mm-hmm. game. And he was basically like, We love Marcus Smart. You're going to love Marcus Smart. It was all this great stuff about Marcus Smart. And then it was, But yeah, I think the Celtics so will try to get out early because he's, he's about to turn the corner. Right. Yeah. And so I think there's some belief among some Celtics people that like he declined a little bit last season mm-hmm. and the Celtics are like selling high before he up, turns yeah. the corner. That could end up being true, mm. but there's also some belief that he was banged up last year. And mm. my friend even said, you know, he had some hip problems last year, and, like, he wasn't totally healthy. And so the question is, are you going to get last year's Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. who was a good player, or are you going to get two years ago Marcus Smart, who was Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. right? And I don't know the answer to that. Right. But the idea of Marcus Smart is same. Even though he's, like, six one, six two, and Dylan's, like, six six, six seven. 6'7", mm-hmm. I don't think there's much difference in the two defensively in terms of who they can guard and— and really, with the Grizzlies, yeah, Dylan could, could like, scale up and guard Carl Anthony Towns, and that was valuable. Right. It was more valuable for the Grizzlies that he could scale down and guard Aaron Fox and, and uh, Steph, Steph Curry, Curry yeah. and Damian Lillard and mm-hmm. those players. I think when John Barant's your point guard, you need your small forward not just to be a good defender, but to be a good defender who can scale down and take, and take guard on his guards. Yeah. And so, if anything, Marcus Smart should be even better at
1: that. Yeah. If it doesn't work, I'm confident that it'll work. But another thing you got to think about if it doesn't work, if you can't have him being a guy that's playing 30-something minutes a game, being guarding the best Who's stepping
4: up defensively? Right. And And Zaire better be as good as people thought he was two years ago. And not
1: just that. And if you take him off the court, if you take him off the court as being that small guy who can guard the three, you're talking about a guy who's a backup point guard at that point, which is a disaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Um, You mentioned guys like Zaire, Jake LaRavia, David Roddy, those type of guys. Do you see any of those three guys breaking through and being anything, and if so, who?
4: I don't know. I, I, I'm not out on any of them, mm-hmm. but I'm not totally sold on any of them either. I, I I still think, you know, Roddy last season, Roddy actually played more minutes last season mm-hmm. than Laravia and Zaire Williams combined. Wow, okay. I don't think that, de- I think it's a problem if, that's, if that mm-hmm. happens again. I still think Zaire Williams and Jake Laravia have a higher upside mm-hmm. than David Roddy. Um, I think they both have potential, but like you know, potential doesn't always work out. I think the Grizzlies have set themselves up where they re- they need one of those three players to be a good rotation player this season, and I don't think it's a certainty that any, any of them will be. But they really need one of them to be because they had they need a big wing in their rotation who, mm-hmm. who could be a good player in a playoff team. They had an open roster spot to try to go at least if not get that player, get some other player who could give them another chance at it. They used it on Derrick Rose because of the yeah. because of the locker room stuff more than right. the point guard stuff, and so that leaves it to those guys. I will I'll throw this out there though: I'm going to be watching Vince Williams Jr. in preseason.
1: Man, you and me both. That's my guy, man. He was maybe their <laughs> yeah. best player in the summer. Yeah, later. I'm watching them for real. In in uh, in if, the those, if none of
4: those dudes sure. step up. I wouldn't count out him. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I like his game. I like he's he's like what six six. He can knock down
4: three. He's got those long. He, yeah. he's he's not quite as athletic as you'd like him to be mm-hmm. in terms of that like twitchy athleticism, but he's got those long long arms. He's got a defensive mentality. Like, is he gonna is he gonna knock down shots consistently? To me, mm-hmm. the upside with him, like the odds of him hitting this are slim, mm-hmm. but it's possible. The upside of him is like a Contavious Caldwell Pope kind yep, of like exactly. classic three and D guy. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I can definitely see it. Uh, we talked about leadership with guys like Smart and Rose. What is that? Is that a real thing? Like I don't know. Ja seems to be a guy it's a good where question. It, it, seems, it seems to be a guy where Ja seems to be a type of guy where Ja's gonna do what he wants to do. Yeah. Like he might listen to you about stuff on court and you, big bro, and all these type of things. And I can see all that happening and, and not having no resentment towards those guys. But once those games are over, I could totally see him be like, all right, man, that's cool, but I'm about to go do me. He seems
4: like he's going to do One of the reasons, thing. you know, they made the draft night trade mm-hmm. last year and they traded D'Anthony Mountain for the rights to David Roddy and mm-hmm. they took in Danny Green's expiring contract yeah. with it, right? They could have cut Danny Green. They could have tried to flip that contract. Mm-hmm. That's then, Right. One of the reasons they didn't and they carried him into the Mm -hmm. season was they got really enamored with the idea of Danny Green, veteran presence in the locker room, right? (laughs) If you remember media day, Danny Green talked about, like, you would be the veteran presence Uh, and the veteran influence. And we see how the season went, right? Not all veterans are created equal. (laughs) and Not all veterans, you know, are going to – not every player is going to respond to every veteran the same way. I I, I don't know what's going to happen. I know that the Grizzlies believe. That Derrick Rose, and especially Derrick Rose, but also Marcus Smart are mm-hmm. players that, w- that will have – that John Morant will pay more attention to mm-hmm. than he paid attention to Danny Green, right? right? And I think we've seen – I think you go back to Josh rookie year, he seemed to have a good rapport with Jay Crowder and especially Solomon Hill, mm-hmm. right? And so – I don't know whether that's gonna have an impact. I know the Grizzlies believe that it's gonna have an impact, and that's partly why they did it. That's not the only reason they did the Marcus Smart thing. I think, you know, the idea of replacing the Dylan Brooks role was mm-hmm. very important to them. So that was primarily an on court thing. But I think the veteran locker room influence in a way that they felt would have actual influence right. was a part of that equation. Yeah. It,
1: it seems like Smart is gonna be more of a in your face, loud, you yeah. know, type of guy with y'all. And it seems like Rose is gonna be the more Whispering in his ear, yeah, yeah, yeah. I a, think that's standing right. Standing beside him and just, kind of, you know, just kind of saying stuff. You know, he, I think I don't think he's gonna be the guy in Jaws' face. Could be the
4: good cop, bad cop, yeah. Right? And I'm sure, yeah. and I'm
1: sure those two guys will kind of work together with Ja. It'll be interesting to see, man. I think we'll see. I think I think it's go- you're gonna see more on court maturity from them. I don't think they're gonna like stop him from just doing Jaws stuff that he wants to do off the clock, though. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't, that, I don't see how has
4: gotta have that come to he's, Jesus yeah, himself, and, and hopefully he already has, with. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if if this twenty five game suspension doesn't do it, I don't know what will. But mm-hmm. I, the Josh stuff is obviously fru- obviously the, the Josh stuff is frustrating, mm-hmm. right? You know news you know news flash. but it's especially frustrating because it seems like so easy to get past, mm-hmm. and because he is so great, and it's just you just want to just just go just go be great, man. Just go be great, right. and, and you know, it's so unnecessary, mm-hmm. the, you know the the stuff that, the, that has sort of sidetracked him and like. I just sort of I just have to have faith that like he knows how great he can be and he knows this has sidetracked him that yeah. he won't that he'll just get it back together.
1: We talked about food uh to start the segment. Like I said, you're one of the only people in the city, uh media-wise that I've had sat and had a meal with. We went to Peggy's Peggy's on, uh, shout out. We went to the original location too, right? We didn't go yes, to the on Cleveland. Yeah, went to the one on Cleveland, probably the best soul food in the city to me. We'll talk about that as well. Um I know that you're a soul food connoisseur. I know you are a master of the four veggie plate. I know you can break one of those down in a minute. Yeah, we're not gonna do that today. That might be next time I bring you on. If you had the opportunity to pick your perfect meat and
4: three size plate, what would that look like for Chris Harris? So I gotta go with the fried catfish. Okay, I'm usually say I'm a soul food guy. I'm a, like a southern home cooking guy. Right. This is my this is I got these I got country roots. It may right. not seem that way, but mm-hmm. like like my grandparents on my dad's side had a little farm when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, hogs and chickens and mm-hmm. like shelling peas on the porch, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then on my mother's side, my grandparents ran a catfish restaurant in a little mm-hmm. town in Arkansas. So I grew up with catfish. So cat- I got to have catfish. It's my main thing. Catfish goes with like creamy stuff. The reason like the catfish and spaghetti, mm-hmm. which is a, a Memphis salty I about thing. To, I
1: was sitting back like, man, my, my guy, I got to say if he's a spaghetti now. Okay. Well, that's not
4: what I'm going to have on my plate. Oh, okay. But but, but I'm on, saying the reason that works right. is because like sort of the creaminess of the, of the spaghetti works with the catfish. That's why catfish and mac and cheese is great. Yeah. Catfish and cheese grits is great. Yes, yeah, sir. So- I'm pri- I'm going to go with some cheese grits, fish and grits, and then I'm going to have black-eyed peas, and I'm going to have fried okra, but it's got to be skillet fried okra, fresh, yeah. tossed in the cast iron skillet, where it doesn't totally, like, you know, the, the batter doesn't totally stay on mm. the okra, but it has that sort of fresh taste, so I'm doing that and I'm going to have hot water cornbread with that and Ooh. give me an iced tea with some with fresh lemon. <laughs>
1: that sounds all right,
4: right, That's what we're that
1: doing. Oh, yo, no. All right, but you broke down uh, fried okra one time. Was it you or Emerson was telling about that? Did they cut the okra long ways or something like that? I,
4: I Sometimes I roast okra, yeah. and I, that's the way I – when yeah. I roast oven roasted, that sound all that's right. the way I do it, yeah. That's not as good as fried okra, but it's healthier. Right. You know? I'm with you on that.
1: Um Someone asked me uh, – Someone was DM me on, on Twitter around nine on one day and it was like, I got somebody who's busy in Memphis soon. What well, where would you tell them to eat? Right. So right. I had to pick I said, okay, let me just kinda of run the gambit of, of what I think the big five are in Memphis. I think that's Wing Place, Chicken Spot, which aren't the same thing. Wing Place is Chicken House, Pizza Place, Barbecue, and what was the other one I said? Was it pizza? Soul food. So okay. All right. So I'm gonna ask you where would you what All would right. you put in your you know, you're you're welcome to Memphis kids. Right. Give goes. it to me one at a time. All right, let's go. Uh let's go with we did we started with soul food. Where would you go, with Soul Food?
4: So I love Peggy's, but I haven't actually been mm-hmm. back to, I don't know if I've been back there since I ate with you. Mm-hmm. My favorite place, and it's a little less accessible for most people than Peggy's, is Miss Gurley's. Miss mm-hmm. Gurley's is at um Danny Thomas, Thomas and Chelsea, right, North Memphis. And it they've mm-hmm. got a few tables. But it's mostly a get-it-to-go get place. Go. So, yep. so you you, walk, you, go, you go in the back door, and you stand in line, and you go— You literally go through the back door. <laughs> you go through the back door, uh-huh. and you stand in line, and, you know, they have the little serving. It's not a buffet, but it's a serving— Cafeteria like, stuff. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. they'll have three or four, you know, meats, and then five or six sides. You get your 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 meat and two, not three, mm-hmm. and your cornbread or whatever, and you get it to go. And in terms of just quality of food— to me that's my favorite place man okay. I, that that place has never failed me in terms of the quality i was just there 2 months ago mm-hmm. all right best wing spot so i am i'm a little i may have to like turn in my Memphian card on this mm-hmm. my favorite wings are at barbecue places and so I hear a lot I, of
1: people say that i don't agree but i yeah i know I, i'm
4: not it, it is yeah. not the consensus but i like the wings at cozy corner they fire and yeah. i like the the dry spice how, wings at central how do you at get them at cozy corner with hot sauce, hot, the hot barbecue, hot, sauce? hot barbecue sauce. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Fine. Yeah. Go so, ahead. so I got, I got, I got to go hot, it, it, hot with sauce, hot sauce at Cozy Corner. Mm-hmm. I go the dry spice at Central. Okay. In terms of like wing places, these wing places are too expensive.
1: <laughs> oh, <they> up there.
4: <laughs> and so <laughs> they I don't know. If I'm being honest, like new wing order because they have the place down on Bill, right by FedEx Forum, mm-hmm. so that's easy for me. And then they also have the food truck that'll be out places. Wait, they've got a, they've got a building on Bill Street. Yeah, they partnered with one of the, whatever the brewery is there. Okay, I got the, you. that's that's right by the arena. And mm-hmm. so like I don't know. I don't really go out to the wing places much. Mm-hmm. And so I, I most of my wings are from barbecue places. All right. Uh, best barbecue place. It, it it's a three it's a three three-way race for me. Mm-hmm. It's Cozy Corner, it's Payne's, and it's barbecue shop, and it depends partly on what, what I want to get, yep, right? Uh-huh. But if I have to only pick one thing, one place, Give me a sandwich from Payne's.
1: Yeah, that, 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 uh, that, that's the top for yeah, me. Yeah, that Payne's uh, 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 shoulder sandwiches is yeah. incredible. Just I, don't know when they ever
4: open. Just kind of kind of. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they're not usually open late, but, right. you know. You for lunch, you're, you're usually good most days.
1: Payne's is one of those places where if you're driving down Lamar and they're open, you just, just go stop. Whether, right, right, you're, right. whether you're hungry or not, just go get it because, yeah, you just go grab it.
4: Um, chicken house. like just So I know it's more – I know – it's more romantic to love Lou's. Mm-hmm. Lou's is the mom and pop shop, mm-hmm. right? And Gus's is the big chain and mm-hmm. whatever. I like the chicken better at Gus's. I don't, the, my thing is that I don't really like my fried chicken sweet. Mm-hmm. And so I also don't like like the Nashville style hot, which mm-hmm. to me is gimmicky. I like a good spicy chicken without the sweetness to it. Right. So Gus's is like exactly the way I like my chicken. So I like I'm the, going with Gus's. I
1: like the sweet and spicy love at right. uh, at Uncle Lou's, but their home style just regular chicken. Gus's is better than it. Out, out, right. out of that's Memphis. my thing is yeah. I, I
4: like a good spicy, yeah. not sweet chicken. So yeah. I, I like the way Gus's does
1: it. I, I get I get your I get your point on that. Um, Memphis isn't particularly known as a pizza city, right?
4: So what was your so favorite? So it's interesting pizza to me. Place? There's there's kind of a Memphis style pizza. Mm-hmm. Which is similar to like the Chicago yeah. tavern pizza. You think of Chicago, as the deep dish, but they also do tavern style, which yeah. is you know cut into the squares, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like mm-hmm. a Memphis style pizza that's like X lines and Fox Ridge and Broadway, and I really like Broadway, like that's kind of my spot. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that kind that style, I would go Broadway. But really, if I'm being honest, my favorite pizza in town is Little Betty, which is down in the Wiseacre Brewery downtown, close to FedEx Forum.
1: There I mean, it is. I'm, I'm a pizza guy.
4: Yeah, they, they have a pizza counter. It's inside the brewery, but they have a inside pizza counter. And it's the same people who do like Hog and Hominy, okay. but it's a different style of pizza. You ever been to uh, Slice of Soul? I have not. I, mm. I always mean to. It's right. That's on Madison, sort yeah, of right there uh-huh. near Madison in Cleveland. Yeah, is that still open? I always yeah, wonder they, about. They
1: have odd uh, hours too. They're only open Wednesday right. through Saturday, and they're open till four o'clock. They're okay. kind of they've kind of ventured into the kind of the social spot thing. Okay, they're more of a. Um, They've done hip hop shows there. Before. Yeah, they've had they have entertainment, they have uh, karaoke, they have a DJ night, right? Blues night, comedy shows, all those. So they're kind of the pieces. Kind of, I don't want to say it's second fiddle, but they have those things in a company. But they
4: the do their pizza stylistically is kind of like Slim and Huskies, right? It's that kind like of like Slim and oblong pizza style, cafe. like yeah. cut into like squares, squares or whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Yep it's uh it's it's pretty good stuff though. Uh, final question for you. All right. Uh, Memphis has a long rich musical history. You yep. know what I mean? Got um, my Stacks hat. right, right exactly. That today? There we go. It seems like it seems like Memphis music is like predominantly just hip hop. the Memphis sound now is is more so hip hop in terms of what's there. coming out of the city that's right. popular and successful.
4: Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, what do you where do you sit with it? Like, are, are you okay with that? As you with, try to get me with, in trouble,
4: <laughs> I am a, so I'm a hip hop fan. Mm-hmm. First of all, I'm just a pop music fan. So I mean, mm-hmm. I listen to pretty much everything mm-hmm. genre wise, but you know, you're going to make me show my age here. Like, I, I I came of age with, like, the second wave of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Not the not the Sugar Hill Gang, Funky mm-hmm. 4 Plus 1. Right. But, like, you know, when Run-DMC hit mm-hmm. and, like, LL Cool J and then Public Enemy, like, that is the music of my childhood, mm-hmm. right? I have never, I'm not, my tastes do not run to Memphis rap, really. I mm-hmm. like the stuff, I, I like A-Ball DMJG. I really like the early Don Tripp stuff. There's mm-hmm. stuff I like, but my favorite, favorite stuff it's De La Soul. It's Public Enemy. Yeah. It's that, it's, you know, Eric yeah. B. and Rakim. That's more the East Coast stuff. Mm-hmm. If, I'm, if I'm being honest, that's what I like yeah. better, you know?
1: It's just, my thing is this. Like, if somebody comes to Memphis and they're like, well, take me out to go see Memphis music. I'm going to take them, like, to go see a live band or to be well, Hip-hop, hip-hop is
4: not really alive. Yeah. It's never been alive, yeah. other than, like, out in the park in New York, yeah. J. Cole Herc or whatever. <laughs> right. It's not really Primarily a live right. music. It's primarily a studio music. I'm, right? t-
1: I'm gonna take them to see some blues, some 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 some, folk, some funk, some soul things like that. But that that Memphis sound isn't coming out of Memphis anymore. You know what I'm trying? To, that's the point. I'm, I'm trying yeah, to make.
4: I don't know if it's coming out of much of anywhere anymore. Yeah. Like I, have was never, you know, hopefully I won't get in trouble for this either. I've never been much of a, <laughs> a Bill Street guy. When I was in my 20s, before I had kids and stuff, mm-hmm. my wife and I used to go to Wild Bills. Then mm-hmm. on Valentine, I know mm-hmm. that's still going concern, but like we've aged out of that. Yeah, Chris Harris,
1: a North Memphis resident too. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. I've seen Depending on where you draw the lines,
1: right? <laughs> I saw you. I was uh, I was driving uh, when I lived in that Crosstown area. You,
4: you texted me. You thought I was in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you thought know, my car broke I down. I saw you walking down the
1: street. I was like, Chris Harrison might be on crack. <laughs> but no, you were walking. You were walking through North Memphis at like 9 o'clock at night. And I said, Chris, you good? Well, let's get some exercise, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was I like, my that, guy, you good?
4: I wasn't that far from the Valentine Evergreen Green yeah, Line. You but know? I knew
1: you lived out that way, but I was like, well, let me check on my guy just right, to make sure. Right. Yeah, remember <laughs> that. I was like, my man, I hear just walking through North Memphis out here. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, good stuff, though, Chris, for sure, man. I appreciate you coming out today. But man, Chris Thanks. Harrington from the Daily Memphis, man, y'all know how he gets down, man. One of the true vets, true legends. The most respected minds in the city of Memphis when it comes down to the Memphis Grizzlies. Soul food and music for sure. About to take a break. When we come back, the three-pointer coming at you here on Anthony Dussain's show. See you guys in a minute.
3: Uh, for me, I want to see the offensive line slash the offense continue to run the ball. Like, I, I need to see... Continued progression. I would love back to back 100 yard rushers and this time against FBS School. would be great. Granted, you're talking about a team that just gave up over 600 yards of offense and 73 yeah, points, that, but that's going to get written off immediately. Um, I would like to see that continue. I'm there with you. Offensively, taking care of the ball, please. Yep. Let's take care of it. Defensively, I want to see us getting after JT and I want to see a couple forced more forced turnovers. Obviously we had the fumble recovery the other night, but like, give me a pick. Give me two picks yeah. Saturday as well as they played. I feel like that was the one piece that was maybe lacking defensively was creating takeaways. Tune in to
0: tigers untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 PM on the bluff city media, YouTube channel. Colorado
2: this year is like, if you, If college football added an expansion team and people were acting like they knew how that team would play. Right. In the history of college football, we've never been able to say this is a completely, entirely different from top to bottom coaching staff, players on the field, new team. I think at the collegiate level, that schemes and all that stuff matters to an extent. But I think being a leader of men at the collegiate level is more important than anything else because you're dealing with 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Right. And not only do you have to get them to believe in the schemes and the system and the plays that you're running, but you have to get them to believe in you You. as a coach and your coaching staff, and you have to get them to believe in themselves.
0: Yeah. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student-athletes win in the NIL landscape, Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student-athletes in this monumental cause, and most importantly... Elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city.
1: Welcome back to the edge of the so y'all. It's time for the three-pointer where I talk about three things in the world of sport that mean something to me. Might not mean nothing to you, but you tune in to watch me. so I'm assuming you kind of give a shit about something of them. Let's talking go. About. Yeah, yeah. Y- y'all know what y'all here, man. Y'all seen the billboard, man. Y'all know what y'all. Y'all know y'all here for the kid. Man. <laughs> hey, man, that billboard, man. <laughs> this shit was sweet as hell. Bro. Looking clean as all. Yeah, hell. Yeah, especially at nighttime, it's just, yeah, it just glowing, man. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my boys T J and Trey. I ain't gonna lie, man. T J and Trey, like you know, how you, you know how they say, act like you've been here before. Like, I don't act like I've been in before on nothing I do. Right. But why don't dudes act like they've been in before? Like, it, it seems like they should be the ones that's, like, going crazy. Like, I all got a billboard. Like, why y'all ain't acting another? button?
0: <laughs> Can I tell you a behind-the-scenes thing, what happened today? Yeah, go ahead. You sent those pictures out mm-hmm. in our Slack channel, mm-hmm. and I sent them over to TJ and Trey, and TJ's first comment to me was, did he get it while it was changing? Because it looked like <laughs> pixelated. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm it's, like, no, nah, bro, he was moving.
1: No, I was sitting still, but it's just because of the way it is. Like, um, <laughs> you know, it's those things are made of a bunch of little, little, little panels of light. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the camera doesn't read that well. It's I not know. like it's solid. You know what I mean? I laughed because I was like, "TJ, you got a, you got a billboard, bro." <laughs> like, what <are> you <laughs> like, yeah, man. And um, I, sh- I shouted out to my man uh, Gary Paris this morning because Gary, um, he made he made a joke about the last billboard I had didn't have anything to do with sports. It was something that uh, we are Memphis. I think it's the name of the website. We Are Memphis did. They had me on the, one of their billboards. And uh, Gary Parish and, and Jeff Calkins, they joked about it. He, Gary was like, man, I've been doing this for 15 years. I ain't got a billboard. He was like, how did you <laughs> say <got> a billboard? <laughs> you know what I mean? He joked about it. So I shot, I shot him a text today. I said, GP, I said, uh, another one, man. I said, you're down 2-0, and it's feeling like a soccer match. Uh, <laughs> it's over. <laughs> right, it's over, bro. You're down 2-0. This ain't this ain't basketball, man. This, you're down 2-0 in a soccer match, fam. For sure. So hey, man,
0: some folks' faces are meant for a billboard, some hey, aren't. Some ain't, man. Some Being ain't real. Hey, it is what it is. <laughs> Love you, GP. Hey,
1: but if you ever want to trade paychecks for <laughs> my Let's billboard, hey, <laughs> yeah, I will give up there and, 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 and get a uh, uh, butcher paper and make, make you put, one. Personally put Gary's right. want to on there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, number one, I want to get to this one. I totally skipped over this last show. I knew it was something I was forgetting to talk about last show, but I'm going to interrupt you guys today to uh, talk about this now. It's a little dated. I don't really care. On uh, September the 1st, 901 on Day, news came out with my boy Parth from um, uh, the Daily Memphian saying that Penny Hardaway uh, had, had conversations with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose saying he wants to be a part of this year's Tigers team. Come on, man. And just be reconnected with the University of Memphis, man. I ain't gonna lie and tell you that the kid didn't get emotional, man. It start, It's here. It's happening. Kenny Uh Derrick Rose... Um, just kind of making things right, man. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Being back being a part of this team sounds amazing. Sounds absolutely phenomenal to see Derrick Rose, a guy who was part of that 08 team that went to the national championship game. We've talked so much about Derrick Rose as being Jaw's mentor and possibly right. show you some glimpses of the guy that was, you know, MVP and uh, Olympian, all-star, all these type of things. The guy who was coming in, breaking the league with his uh, athleticism uh, at the, in, in court vision at the point guard position. But we haven't really talked too much about how freaking good Derrick Rose was that year. Oh my! God. Uh, during 2008, man, you're talking about a phenomenal player. This guy ruined DJ Augustine's NBA perception to me. I always thought he was a scrub <laughs> just because that one game when right. Derrick Rose w- was killing that guy. Um, so happy to see D Rose uh, attempted to get, be connected with this uh, this program. Definitely could be an amb- another ambassador that Penny Hardaway could use. A guy that a lot of these guys there are in high school have childhood memories of Derrick Rose being cold. Man. You know what I mean? Another guy that you can possibly take with you to, or just use as, as a liaison, use as, as a, as a guy to help you recruit. Um, and man, who would be surprised to see Derrick Rose on Penny Hardaway's bench? Nobody. You know what I mean? Imagine having Pity Hardaway and oh Derrick Rose sitting in, your, like, sitting in your living room. Yeah. Imagine, uh, that kid having a, a chance, you know what I mean? For sure to, um, to uh, not say uh, yes to the University of Memphis. Imagine uh,
0: any coach trying to go up against yeah, that. Yeah. Like, hey, who'd you have last weekend in?
1: Uh, Derrick Rose <laughs> Derek and Penny Rose Hardaway and Penny. were sitting on my couch last yeah. weekend. Ah, oh, bro. <laughs> and you got you got Penny with this, you know, $1,000 Nike uh, 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 tech suit on with some uh, fly-ass Penny Hardaway shoes. Derrick Rose got some limited edition Adidas set on. You know what I <laughs> mean? <laughs> Come on, man. This guys going to kill the game.
0: I have a question for you about uh-huh. this. How quickly do you think – Derrick Rose becomes – I mean, I know he already is. I can't wait for the first game, preseason game, whatever game it is that he steps on the floor for the first time in the FedEx Forum. Mm-hmm. But, like, I mean, he's going to be immediately rocketed up the ship in terms of fan popularity. Oh, yeah. Grizzlies history, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: He'll be a guy that that people are really going to want to see get on the court and do something amazing. Um, he's – yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure, to seeing him – uh, being a part of this team, I, I think I don't know, man. I kind of waver back and forth. I'll talk to Chris about this probably to see where he thinks about what Derrick Rose's role will be. Uh, I don't know. It'll Be interesting to see what that role is going to be like. I'm not. I don't know what he's gonna what that him on the court is gonna look like.
0: Imagine him having <clears> a game in the fourth quarter where he just comes in and takes over. Yeah,
1: just one nuts. game. Just be nuts. It'll go crazy for oh. sure. And you know it. Uh, speaking of going crazy, um, it, in, NFL starts today, um, but I'm not gonna talk about on the field stuff. I'm going to talk about a story that I'm kind of intrigued about. Caleb Williams, a USC quarterback, phenomenal guy, getting some crazy comp, uh, comps of who he could be when he goes to the league. <laughs> a guy who's going to be surefire number one pick in the uh, NFL draft. Uh, there's reports coming out that he and his father are considering him staying in college another year, uh, simply because. And the, and the word is that he doesn't want to go to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, this feels like a, a kind of a ploy to get it, them to. Uh, trade their pick, right? But um, I thought I looked at this first like, oh man, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Like you're not going back to college. And I started thinking, man. Nil. Baby. In nil era we're in, man. I would not be surprised if this kind of works for nil strikes dude. again, bro. Because he could go back to school and just kind of bullshit and make a shit you know ton of money. And then he can kind of pick his spot. Yep. He could come back and try again, and you know, it, it may not be the Arizona Cardinals. It may be a totally different situation. He could just kind of do his thing. You know what I mean? And and um I'm interested to see how that whole thing plays out, man. I think he sounds crazy doing it. I don't really think he's going to do it. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, but, um, you know, and, and with the NIL stuff, that dude's probably making – he's probably making at least a million dollars a year in the NIL. Oh, like, wait, I would say – that multi-millionaire. multi Yeah, so yeah. we'll see. I doubt it's going to happen, but, you know, bold move, bold statement coming from uh, the Caleb Williams camp. Um, I don't want to go to the Cardinals either. I, lo- I mean, listen – The Cardinals have the most trash – like, your, your mascot is literally a bird, a little bitty bird. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come on, man. Do you, like, <laughs> you see the coach? What are y'all, What are y'all? Do
0: you see the coach, head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, come out? They, had a, they posted a video of him giving mm-hmm. his first speech to the team. Yeah. And he said, he started talking about who drove the bus over here, who rode on the bus. Yeah. I need some effing killers out there on that field. What like, bird. that was his whole thing. And it was like, you can see the players' faces, man. They were in the in the room, and the players' faces. They were like, "What the hell? Like, <laughs> just, is yeah, this man. supposed to rally, like get us going? Like, what in the world are you doing, man? Get out of here! Yeah, it's wild. Here. You ain't Coach Prime, man. Get out of here,
1: man. Um, number three. Do you believe? <laughs> Do you believe? Do you, Do you believe? believe now? Do you believe? <laughs> Shout out <laughs> to Coach Prime, man. You you might get me on Coach Prime nuts every show. Just <laughs> just to let y'all know for the entire college football season. Do you believe? Do you believe? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> number three, man. Uh, big pickup by, by the Los Angeles Lakers. I got to good credit where credit is due. I hate man. the Lakers organization. Watching winning time makes me think that they are the most bootleg, thrown together ass organization ever. And, and I, there are not many people that make me think any different. They've won several championships, a ton of championships. Yeah, But they've had so much incredible luck. So much so much of benefiting from just poverty organizations like the Memphis Grizzlies, giving them Pau Gasol and... The Charlotte Hornets giving them Kobe Bryant off of some finesse, scamming type shit. <laughs> last year pissed me off more than anything Oh, though. man. what you?
0: <sighs> last year pissed me off. Y'all sucked. Yeah. And then you just went out and just built a new team and yeah. halfway through the
1: year. It yeah. pissed me off. Pissed man. me off real bad, man, for sure. But um, they added Christian Wood yesterday, a big signing. Christian Wood, a guy who was averaging, I think, like 16 and 9 last year. You can ball, I, man. Here's, here's the thing I have to say. First of all, Richard Sherman sounds ridiculous uh, comparing him to Pacasaw. One guy's a Hall of Famer. One guy just signed a two year minimum deal at twenty seven. So like <laughs> there's a big difference between Packersaw yeah, and that dude. And one guy is uh one of the one guy is uh head case and others not. I mean that's right. that's kind of where my comparison stops. Um I'll say this about Christian Wood though. There's a lot of negativity about him as far as being difficult to coach and a head case, et cetera. My thing is, what in the world is that dude doing? Right. <laughs> like, for real though. Like I've always wondered, like, I want to hear specifics of what the actual problem is. Cause whenever whenever we played him, he's had pretty good games. He's talking about a guy that can knock down threes. Yeah. He's got a mid-range game. You know, he can rebound, he can score. Like, what is he doing that are making making him get in the doghouse with every team he goes to?
0: Was he with uh who's who are his coaches at? with houston it was silas and who was the one before him who was mikhail or somebody was it mikhail i don't know man i'm probably thinking i'm probably way off no it was was Bickerstaff. Bickerstaff, yeah yeah. Bickerstaff, and then uh, then,
1: you don't hear me you just hear he's a difficult guy but you don't get what he's doing and my thing is like christian wood was like it's not like he's like a guy that was drafted highly or drafted you know first round or in the lottery he wasn't even drafted at all you think those type of dudes would be humble as hell like like what is he arguing about like what is what's his thing? Like I mean, he's it's so strange. I don't I never understood his situation.
0: He's played with some weird franchises though yeah. cuz he played for Houston when Houston wasn't good. They, they, they yeah. just were rough. Then he went and played for Dallas, and I'll be honest with you man, like I just think Dallas is stuck in a situation where they're going to suck until they don't have Luka anymore.
1: Yeah. I love Luka I, I don't love Luka. I I think Luka's a talented Great player. player. Mm-hmm. But that team is not set that up. That team to is not set though. up to win. And y'all going to stop acting like this is the difference between Luka and James Harden. It's literally crazy. the exact same dude. Like, if you just want to be real about it. Um, and I don't see a path where Luka um, goes to the conference finals ever again. No. Like in the West. And James Harden went there three times. Right. So, yeah, let's. It'll be interesting to see how Christian Wood
0: responds in L.A. I mean, obviously you got mm. Anthony Davis and LeBron Super James. Super low
1: expectations for him.
0: I'm telling you, man, you put him and Anthony Davis in a front court yeah, together? Nasty. The guy that he got comps to. Not got bad, Davis comps man. Too. That's not a bad Yeah, lineup. he's a
1: hell of a player, man. Like, I think it's a great pickup, especially for what you're paying for him. I just wonder what in the hell has this dude been doing that right. makes him get such a bad rep? Like, what could he be doing? Because you've seen guys who also have bad reps who still get a long leash. Like, what is he doing? Is he pitching kids on the sideline? What is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's wild stuff, man, for sure, uh, with, with Christian Wood. Uh, but that's it. That's the three-pointer. We'll come back in a minute. Uh, we're going to do the Inside the Same Brain. Want to see how you guys are watching TV. Are you paying for this shit? Or are you streaming shit illegally like myself? We'll talk about that when we come back on the Anthony Sainz Show. See you guys in a minute.
0: Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, Elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city.
2: The last time they had players with that level of shiftiness, just it's a, it's a different look, you know, like it's a different kind of movement that Blake Watson and Sutton Smith have that we haven't seen in Memphis since Kenny, like, and the dynamic ability that that adds is huge because not only can you use them between the tackles, outside the tackles, but they both showed, you know, they've both shown that they can be effective receivers. I think Blake had five catches for like 37 yards in this game yeah. on top of his 75 rushing yards. Three and touchdowns. Three touchdowns in the first half, yeah. Right. So uh, we've been high on this backfield saying that they have weapons. Still, you know, this, this took that to the next level.
0: Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at twelve PM on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel.
3: Anything concerning? We've kind of talked about the picks that set through some of the high balls. Anything else that you saw Saturday that you're like, man, they need to they need to get that figured out. No, I don't think so, man. Especially nothing on defense. I think we looked credible on defense. Um, I, you know, the one thing that I think would perhaps concern me is just we're still seeing Seth kind of float some passes and not really settling down. That's more yeah. nitpicking than anything. Like you don't want to see your quarterback, your highly sought quarterback, playing Bethune Cookman and throwing two interceptions. I mean, I think Silverfield gave it a B minus. I think that i mean given 56 to 14 but they went out and did what they needed to do to me i mean you beat the brakes off of a team that you should beat the brakes off of and you looked very good exactly
0: tune in to tigers untapped with tj willis and trey lastly every wednesday at 3 p.m on the bluff city media youtube channel
1: All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. Shout out to my man Chris Harrington again. Uh, great segment we had with him. Uh, you know, just Chris is just a very smart guy, man. Whenever he talks, you want to listen to him uh, for sure. I, I, I agree with a lot of stuff he said, and the stuff I didn't. I didn't agree with. I had to, you know. Listen to him. Yeah, uh, listen. Yeah, he's just a really smart guy. North North Memphis representative too, man. We what's were, up? We were laughing again during the break about like that was a real story. Like I was driving <laughs> in North Memphis at a light and I saw Chris Harrington walk across my car. You're like, what the hell? Like, you're like Chris might be on, on that man. On that funky town or something, man. <laughs> funky town, <no, laughs> right? But no, man. That's but uh, yeah, uh, inside the same brain. Um, NFL starts tonight. Um, it's, it's the Chiefs and the Lions. Uh, this game is going to be on NBC. Uh, so if you've got a television, even if you've got an antenna, you can watch it. Let's go. Um, but here's the thing, man. I, I get a lot of notifications on my phone. Every time I get on YouTube, they're trying to sell me, you know, YouTube Plus to sell me this NFL Sunday ticket. I heard you and Paris Sharkey talking, and he was saying some type of NFL Sunday ticket thing is like $400 a season or something like that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm like, man, hey. Right. I, I mean, it just sounds like y'all are speaking another language to me, man, because yeah. I'm a proud bootlegger, a proud streamer, and I ain't watching mess on my phone. I'm not on some website, right? I've got a streaming service where I'm paying for it. And I get I got all this stuff. I've got every NFL game is literally every NFL game is, is on my television.
0: I, I'm, need to, I need to talk to you. We'll, after talk, we'll talk after, after episodes the episodes. Yeah.
1: And I, I'm driving to the show today and I, I had something else I want to talk about inside the same brain. And I'm listening to my man Gabe Coon and Jeff Calkins are talking. And they're talking about, oh, man, the prices you're paying for streaming is, you know, it's just ridiculous. I'm like, man, I don't feel sorry for nothing y'all talking about. <laughs> like, I'm not paying for that stuff. Like, so Kenneth Summerfield, yeah. you just basically told me that you're not opposed to illegal streaming either. And I hate to call it illegal. I, I hate to make it seem like I'm some type of convict or something.
0: Uh, hold on, man. Hold on. Breaking news. We got Mark Cuban on the phone. Okay.
1: He wants to oh, talk shit. to us. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Mark Cuban in this show. I thought you had some news for real. Yeah, no, Mark no, Cuban. No. But no, man, I'm just saying, bro, like, I'm not paying for that stuff, man. There's, yeah. I, I enjoy watching sports, man. I do. There's, not, there's no sport that I'm going to pay a monthly bill to watch. No and sport. That's, that's crazy because I pay all this other stuff, Netflix, all that. Yeah. Like, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not going to pay... Four hundred dollars to watch the NFL season. Like, so how do you watch Grizzlies games, man? I'm gonna tell you. <clears throat> shout out to Pete Pranicka. Shout out to Brevin Knight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I rarely hear those dudes talk. Really? <laughs> how do you watch it then? When I watch the stream, I'm at the mercy of the stream. At uh, The mercy of the stream. It might right? be like Minnesota's people talking. It yeah. might be. I could on one time and Quentin Richardson and uh, <laughs> May- <laughs> Darius Miles were doing that joint. For who? They were doing. It was some type of. This shit was dope too, man. Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson. It was like it was a Darius Miles. God, I feel old, man. Who was it, bro? I know it was Quentin Richardson. God, I feel old. But they were, uh, they were like on some at the house type shit though. Oh, like, what's up? They were. They, this is like they were watching the same game we were watching. Yeah, and they were having like just dudes at the house talk. About oh, I got the you. Game. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen. Yeah, it was it was uh, Quentin Richardson and was it Darius Miles? I don't know. It was something NBA.com does. Interesting. Something that um, – Is it KG that does that? Does KG do that with, and brings on guests and stuff? No, nah, like, it was like a like a bo- uh, box in the bottom of the screen where they were like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like on a Zoom call talking about the game. Was going, that shit was dope too. Yeah, yeah. They were talking about the game from a whole different type of perspective. It Did you just, enjoy that? Yeah, that shit was dope. But, but like, like, Does it distract you from the game though? Having, nah. having those dudes in your ear talking about what they're seeing? No, nah, because it was good. Okay. They was talking some ninja – Shit, I got me. you. Like it was like man, it was like it was like man. On no jerseys it used to be cold, in not it, bro? Yep. Like the pinstripe jump, woo! Like they were doing all that type of stuff. They like it was like it was like man, that boy D. Bane. He said, man, I don't know what what he on, but he after something. I don't know if it's all star or something. They may have to something. but it, that was it. Was just good. Like, I enjoyed. It It was like okay. one of the first games of the season. But um, typically, like I'm just at the mercy of whatever the stream is showing. Like I I get Pete and Brevin sometimes, and sometimes it's like whoever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But also from from watching Bootleg Streams, I get to see, I've found out that a lot of stuff that I thought was a Grizzlies original is not a Grizzlies original. Like, everybody's doing the same shit. Like oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. In arena stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all do Because the they don't shit. break away the commercials on the stream. Yeah. Uh-huh. They you stay in-house. You, you see the in-house stuff. They see the And we stuff. totally stole Bungo Lady, too. Like, that was a Miami Heat thing.
0: Now, didn't she come from, like, didn't we get her, like, I don't think she's from Memphis. For I thought she. I thought they moved her here to be Bongo Lady. For real? No, man. I might be wrong on that. I but think you real wrong on it. I might be wrong on that. I heard somebody say that, but I might be. Listen, Bongo Lady, if you're listening, we know you are. My bad, but yeah. that's that's what yeah, i was told. Yeah, I don't think
1: that's right, bro. Okay, no <laughs> at all. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a I'm a bootleg guy, man. I think I'm I fine you. with it. So, I have I have a service where I'm paying thirty six dollars for three months of service. And on Sunday, every NFL what game. What the hell? Like,
0: Me and you need to talk
1: after this. Every NBA, I have a it has a list of every team. Like, I, like if I go, I can click Houston Rockets, and if the Houston Rockets are playing, it shows the Houston Rocket game. What the hell? Like it's every, it's every game, bro. So I am a, and I hate it.
0: I hate this so much. Mm-hmm. We went from Xfinity. We had Xfinity the cable service because mm-hmm. we had also the business internet in our house. Right, and I got. I think two years ago, the Grizzlies stopped. They didn't renew their contracts with, um with, uh, we, I we, did, it. With the, we, mm-hmm. we did the stream, We started doing streaming services after that. Like, so we cut Xfinity, went to Hulu, went to uh, all that kind of stuff, had live TV on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Well, then they I think two years ago, didn't renew their contracts with any streaming service other than direct, St- direct TV stream. So direct TV has their, their cable service, but they also have a streaming service. Yeah. So we cut Hulu and went to Direct
1: Direct TV Stream, Man, and it is terrible, terrible. I'm gonna tell you what's crazy. Like I pay for, I've got Hulu, I got Max. I want to say Max is like free with my phone though. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah. I got, I got Hulu, I got Max, I got Netflix. I got. So do you have live TV on Hulu? No. I got Peacock. Mm-hmm. Some stuff. Some of this stuff is live on Hulu. Like, no, I ain't got like regular channels or no. I got all that in my bootleg stuff, man. All this. I got all that. Streaming has become, streaming when we first did it, it was like a
0: $200 difference a month no, in price. Not no more.
1: Not anymore. Man, bro. I, and I, I could really cut all that off, too. But stuff like that, I want to watch it when I want to watch it. Right, right, A lot right. of times with that type of stuff, like if it airs tonight, it might not come on the, the bootleg joint until tomorrow. Like I want to watch, I want to watch Winning Time or whatever when it drops, or Marvel right. stuff when it drops. I got Disney Plus too, which is trash, but I I got that too, and I I, I want to watch that stuff when it drops. I don't want to watch it tomorrow, so that's the only reason why I pay for that type of stuff. But it's sports stuff, I'm not paying for that, man. Not, I'm not. I mean, real.
0: literally, the only reason we stopped Hulu to go to Directv Stream was because I wanted to watch the Grizzlies live, mm-hmm. and it was probably the biggest mistake Bruh. in terms of like get you li- hooked up, man. Uh, it's terrible. Get you hooked up. Because everything else on it, the only thing that's redeemable about it is that they have the Grizzlies live. And mm-hmm. I get Pete Pranica and Brevin Knight every single yeah, week. I love them guys, game. but
1: I rarely hear them. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I rarely hear them. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm at the mercy of whatever stream they give me. I'm a bootleg joint for sure. But you guys may want to join me uh, this season, man. Because I uh, <laughs> heard the battle thing is like, man, that was the most bullshit app like, bro. Yeah. That's another thing too. I would see people c- uh, crying and complaining about ballots. Like, hey, you ain't got to deal with it. Come nah, on over man. to the dark side. <laughs> Come on over here, man. This illegal stream we got going over here,
0: man. There's only one sport that I will actually pay to watch, mm-hmm. and that's the UFC. Yeah but it's it depends it got on all
1: that pay-per-views see wwe all this stuff bro but fights all it Nah, peacock has wwe they stream yeah, wwe but i'm just saying bro i ain't, I ain't gotta have it no nah, i feel you that's like, crazy for real that's i crazy. got peacock so i watch wrestling you know what i mean when it when it right. when it happened or the replay but i, I the thing i got got all of that on there, bro. I, i'm gonna hook you up Once we wild. can make it happen this week that's wild <laughs> yeah man but it's been another great show man props my man chris harrington for sure. My man, Kenneth Stubblefield, behind the glass. Another good one, man. Good to have you back, man, for sure. Uh, appreciate all you guys uh, for, for rocking with us, supporting us, man. Go, so when, you, when we do the, um, the player show, the Tiger football player show, yeah. can fans come and watch this show happen as it's we going? want,
0: We want to pack that place yeah, out, man. Yeah. Go it's a it let, it let it fly, Germantown, mm-hmm. uh,
1: Dope spot, man.
0: Four, there, we set up a table. They got Christian out there hosting mm-hmm. it with four players. This week is going to be um, – we got uh, Colby Drake. Mm-hmm. Um, William Whitlow Jr., Terrence McClain, and Rock Taylor.
1: Look at me not knowing who the hell none
0: of them folks are. Well, let me tell you, man, <laughs> two defensive guys, two offensive guys. Rock Taylor's somebody to really pay attention to. Yeah. Wide receiver for the Memphis uh, I believe you, man. Memphis hey, Tigers. If you say so, I believe it, It'd bro. It'd be fun, man. We have a good time. You can hear it in there. I mean, come in get some drinks. It was so crazy. Uh, real quick story. We were at the place, and the bartender at Let It Fly was pissed at us the whole time. She was giving me some dirty looks during the show, and I went up to her and I was like, what, "What's going on? What's wrong with you?" And she said, "This is a sports bar, and y'all want us to be quiet." And I'm like, "I don't want y'all to be quiet. No, they got you.
1: mics on their faces. Yeah, you can talk.
0: You. you can be loud. This is a bar. This is mm-hmm. why we're doing it. We're not doing it at Benjamin Hooks
1: Library. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're doing it at Let It Fly yeah. Memphis. So you, when is the next one? Y'all record Tuesday, on Tuesday. night.
0: Tuesday night at seven o'clock."
1: I was going to come last week. I was tired as shit. I might fall up in that joint. Come on, man. Just to support, man. It's you, a fun time. You might get to see uh, the man himself, Anthony Sane. Let's go, man. The guy you saw on, on the billboard on 55. Let's go. Or oh, oh, out there was by where? more views. I ain't seen that one. I just saw the one on 55. But yeah, man, for Kenny Stubfield behind the glass, it's your boy, Anthony Sane. We'll see you guys next week here on The Anthony Sane Show. See y'all next time. Thank you for
0: listening to The Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.